0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, what's up, Cincinnati Reds fans, baseball fans, we're back. It's Farm to the Show, a Reds podcast with my all-time favorite, Paul Janisch, former big leaguer and dear friend, roommate, master of all things mechanical engineering, rice nice owls shot. assistant coach uh crossword and tex-mex and we're back for another episode once again i'm chris Siggerson, um former rate former major leaguer disabled list all-star and we're in our sixth week i believe and you know, we're, we're going strong, but, uh, Monday was my birthday. I turned 41 on April 10th and it got me thinking and we're in 2023 and we're in April. and uh, next week is, uh, is April 18th and April 18th is a significant date. If you guys don't know the background between Paul and I, uh, Paul and I uh, next would be the the 20th anniversary of meeting a young man uh, at shortstop by the name of Paul Janisch, uh former Rice Owls shortstop. Uh, it was two years later that Paul was drafted by the Reds. I was drafted that year in 2003, Paul in the 2005 class, and the rest is history. We've shared a number of spring trainings, rehab centers, uh, not that rehab center, physical therapy from injuries. Uh, roommates um, and uh, a number of teams and looking at baseball almanac uh, through our 15 years of, of professional baseball are both of ours. We've spent nine years together, which is pretty, which is pretty significant. Nine years. Uh, I believe it was a no nine, nine teams, nine years. Uh, Cause there's this whole teammates thing on there. And I'm like, Oh yeah, look at that. Chattanooga, Chattanooga the reds. Yeah. Orioles and then the old uh, and then our, our final year in in more so yeah. I, I I feel yeah. like that's significant because how many people out there have friends that that are 20 year old friends I don't
1: ha- I don't have that many I don't have that many Dick but as you, you, you you're getting off on a tangent in your old age I feel like on I the, am uh, on the the foundation of, of of our 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 relationship but that it's all good Nevada Reno back in the day the uh, the 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 Hilton with the um, driving range on, over the was, was, there's some good memories there, bud. Some former Rice Isles had a bunch of balls in the water there. Yeah, that's
0: true. I always wonder why we did so well at home. I think it was, uh, yeah, it was teams coming in, going out to the casinos and getting their swings all messed up, going to the driving range. But um, just for everybody tuning in, uh, whether you've been with us from day day one or you're tuning in today, uh, just giving you a quick background on, on, Paul, on Paul and I as we get into this, this week's episode. And we got a lot going on around the league, both with the Rojos and across the board. And we'll jump into the Reds really quick, losing five of their last six. And, um, you know, that's that's a tough one. And I wouldn't say it's to be expected. But in in all fairness, you know, going up against two teams, a buzzsaw in Philly and Atlanta, you have a World Series champion and you have you have um, you know, you have two teams that have been in the World Series in, in the last couple of years. And so these are both contenders going into this year as well um and we said this from the beginning we just wanted to see some fight they weren't it didn't never felt like the, the team was overmatched uh the guys are still swinging the bat well you know they're putting hits together they're they're making pitches you know they're they've come with a co- couple unforced and, and uncharacteristic errors um but you know and and then you know a couple free passes at the plate but other than that like they they get down two to three runs and they're still putting together great at bats like Barrera with the home run uh, yeah, one of those nights to bring the team back within two when you thought that the that the uh, that the momentum had completely shifted towards uh, back towards the Braves and that's what we that's what we want to see is these guys be able to step up and to to minimize and kind of mitigate that pressure and in those instances where you just need to keep getting in the game keep making pitches and keep making plays
1: yeah, so a couple of things, Dicky. like the the first of all, let's just start with the pitching, right? the The starters have done a pretty good job. The guys that we've talked about up to this point, Lodolos had a couple of good outings. Ashcraft's had a couple of good outings. Hunter Green has has kind of held his own as well. Um, I, it's early in the season. those starters aren't built up like they're gonna be as, as the season unfolds. So as a result, I think that the the bullpens getting taxed a little bit um and there's there's a few guys in that pen that that already have six or seven outings right and it it, it's early in the year and that's that's those are those are high leverage innings and they're it looks like they're having a taking their toll so to speak because they have given some games away late and i think you and i can both agree especially with a you know relatively young team like like we've talked about emotionally it's very difficult to lose games late you know you're in the game to your point about you know they're not getting blown out they've they've lost a couple of one-run games in the in the last six games in Philly and and in Atlanta and but but at the end of the day when you when you have a lead going into the you know seventh eighth in particular the ninth inning and and it doesn't work out it's 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 tough to bounce back from um on, uh, from from an emotional standpoint that takes a lot out of a team and hopefully despite the fact that it's early in the season that doesn't that doesn't kind of perpetuate itself and and they kind of figure out a way to get their feet on the ground and and, and kind of flip some of those games or hold on to the lead or maybe even even win some games late which can have have kind of the other boomerang effect of saying like, Hey, we, we can get it done late in the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. hundred
0: percent. But going in there, having such a young club going against, you know, guys like Kyle Wright who won 21 games last year and Spencer Strider, um, you know, rookie of the year, um, rookie of the year uh, runner up and, you know, it's it's going in there and having those those young matchups and with with Hunter, like you said, and they're just you know, they're they're putting it together. And that's uh, that's important. That's you know, they weren't completely dialed in. But one thing that I have noticed, I mean, Nick Nick Nodolo for me, I think he has I think he has Chris Sale stuff. I think if he if he continues to grow with that, with his delivery and his stuff, I think he is capable of being a just a, a, a next level uh you know a next level ace yeah. uh you know the, the anytime thing- anytime you're hitting anytime you're hitting a big league hitter in the kneecap uh on a swing you you got you got some filthy stuff
1: no doubt yeah it, that that's that that doesn't happen all the time I, and actually i think the last time i saw that happen was chris sale pitching to a former teammate of of mine maybe both of ours but it was mark trumbo hit him in the back leg and you're talking about a, a real big league hitter hit a bunch of homers um but <laughs> I think the thing about Ladolo to highlight is is the swing and miss like it's he's he's going to be the type of pitcher that he, he has the, the pure stuff that whether they don't pick it up well or whether the stuff's just that good, whatever, the, whatever the case is. If, if you can trust your stuff in the zone for big league hitters to swing and miss over the course of time. I mean, that's that's a that's a huge character trait of, of somebody who can be a real, real dominant guy like you're talking about.
0: Yeah. And that just shows you, I mean, not a lot of people have swing and miss type of stuff. You saw, if anybody saw Andrew Heaney the other day, it looked like he was throwing straight Jenny Finch rise balls. Like, you know, it's 92 to 94, but that ball up in the zone, like there's something to it that we're just not seeing. It's not necessarily that they're, they're getting overpowered, but velocity, but very similar. If I would have to imagine, looking at trying to face Lodolo in a day game, you know, with his, with his, you know, with his length and him, that, that release is that he's not. Oh, and I have the black screen right behind me. It's like those days when it's super bright, he's coming out from here, like just a little bit, just enough yeah. to get out from behind the batter's eye. Uh, but yeah, that slider, anytime you're hitting guys like that. But um, what also struck me is the number of called strikes uh, on the inside plate for right-handed hitters is really what struck, struck me. And I think that was one of those things, like as a, as a hitter, I think they were advised to look out for that ball on the inner half, knowing that there could be susceptible to back to the back foot slider. And there were maybe three or four, like four or five punch outs on the inside part of the plate, which is super uncharacteristic. And so it's a, it's a number of like these different, the, these small idiosyncrasies that, that, that we both noticed that shows you that he has not just the stuff, the, the command, the velocity, but he's just super tough to pick up, and I think that's gonna that's gonna continue to bid well coming off his the second half of of, of last year, and having those top three guys kind of come into their own. But I think Ledola right now sticks out to where he's gonna be an absolute he's gonna be an absolute menace uh, in the in the Central this year.
1: Yeah, yeah, he he just needs to stay healthy, like like we've talked about uh, talking about a couple of the other guys. So Hunter Green has thrown good, but I, I wanted to highlight Ashcraft as well from a mentality standpoint, mm-hmm. I just appreciate the emotion in which he kind of, he operates out on the mound. You can tell that like, if, I mean, the best words competitor, I think that's one of the biggest compliments you can give to a guy, you know, at, at any level really, but in particular, he's, uh, it just looks to me like he's got a chip on his shoulder, man. And I, and I like it. I, I like the way that he goes about his business. I like that. He doesn't seem to back down from, you know, s- situations or, or whatever, obviously he's going to get put into. And, you know, I think that's hopefully that permeates, throughout the staff because I think it's the kind of thing that that can be contagious in a good way.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, you, that's one of the things that you want to see and you know, how it goes is, you know, from day one, when you get these young pitchers out on the mound, you can tell when they're flustered, you can tell where, when they look defeated and you know that that's a, that's a telltale sign that they're, that they're not quite there, but it's the guys that just continue to grab the ball, get out, get out there and just have uh, that determined look to just keep throwing, coming after pitchers, keep throwing the ball. And like you said, it's one of those things that you notice that you want to see in your young guys. And, um, you know, I think the sky's the limit when you have that mentality. Because you know that he's going to continue to develop and he has the, the mental fortitude to go into, you know, places like, uh, you know, like a Wrigley on a Friday night. Some of these tougher places and, you know, being in Philly on the road, uh, you know, it's it's not easy. Uh, being on the road pitching and uh being in in the uh you know being in some of those atmospheres um you know it can be tough but like you said it's that's a great point of bringing that up and uh again kind of speaking to what we're gonna be looking for you know throughout the season with with some of these guys on, on the team and uh you know attitude and uh be able to not not be rattled easily it, it's gonna it's all gonna start there
1: yeah, for sure, and and you know, jumping into the bullpen a little bit, a couple of the, a couple of the guys that have had to, some success up to this point are both of the left-handed pitchers, Alex Young and and San Martin have, have both pitched well out of the pen, and um, so hopefully they can kind of kind of build on that. I, I'm curious to see, and you know, we got Luke Weaver who's made a, a a rehab start in Louisville already. I think he threw four innings. I think he's scheduled to make one more start, and then potentially be in line to get called up. It'll be interesting to see if he plugs into the rotation or if they're going to, you know, introduce him in the bullpen or how it may depend on the timing of it and, and how that unfolds. But um, I'm curious to see how that, from the, from the organizational standpoint in terms of, I don't want to call it a quick trigger, but who's, who may be on the, you know, assuming health, assuming nobody gets hurt, um, who, who may be the, you know, the guy or two, whether it's a, one of the guys in the rotation or whether it's, you know, somebody on the back end of the pen kind of thing, but who's, who's subject to, to maybe having to to go down to Louisville to kind of hone their skills a little bit more.
0: Yeah, we'll see. But luckily we don't have to make that decision. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, no, it's not a decision I want to make. Um, but, you know, it'll, it'll, again, it'll be interest if they get moved to the pen and, um, but you know they need the arms they need all the arms as you said that that uh you know that pen as looks may look a little bit beleaguered right now uh you know it couldn't hurt to bring to come up and bring up that fort that fifth starter and then you know protect potentially move that 5 to a long man out of the bullpen which should provide some elite relief you know one of these days and let get let everybody get back back to normal by be able to eat some innings in the case that we get back into one of those situations
1: Yeah yeah um Hey, flipping to the, the offensive side, T- tell me what you got on the, on the Friedel kid who's off to a good start, swinging the bat well, um, creates a little havoc. Uh, he, can, he can do some different things. He runs good. He's been playing some center field, obviously. And, and uh, I think he's got at least one home run, too. But he's also laid down some bunts and looks like what I would call a baseball player in, in, in like the best way possible. I, I, like, I like what he's got going and, and uh, hitting second most of the time behind India, who's off to a good start as well. Um, I think everybody's happy to see Tyler Stevenson's swing in the bat. Well, I've, I've seen it. He's gotten some big hits with guys on base, dri- driven in yeah. some runs. Well, those things are good to see. Um, it looks like there's maybe a de- little developing core of, uh, of a lineup there with, with Steer, the third baseman as well, has played well up to this point offensively. And I think that it's, it's, it's good to see as they kind of mix and match and, you know, you got Sinzel coming back hopefully soon. You got Joey, obviously he's down on a rehab assignment, trying, trying to, trying to um, get everything locked in and ready to go and how that unfolds moving forward on, on the offensive side as well, because I know, you know, it's, it's a tough start to the season for, um, for Will Benson and, and, who's been playing right field most of the time. And, but offensively, he's, he's off to a slow start. The Vostler kid, who's been playing first is has hit a couple big homers. So it's just it, it's early, obviously nothing to get crazy about. There, you know there, these guys are 30 or 35 at bats in, so there there's all kinds of time left, but again, it goes back to it. You wonder how much how much leash some of the some of these guys are going to get on that front and you hope that that you know like kind of like what Friedel's doing that you get some guys that take take it by the horn, so to speak and and uh, and establish themselves as the guy.
0: Yeah, back to the the top of the lineup. You said he's a he's a baseball player. I think the one thing that stuck out, uh, like you said, is is Tyler's uh, is is Tyler coming through with, with men on base. Whether it's just it's and there've been there've been tough pitches driving the ball back up the middle, but mm-hmm. um, you know he's been he, he's been huge. He's been crucial into some of these games where it's just it's it's in that two that two to three run range and he's been able to come back and just kind of claw the team back in into these games and with Friedel you know playing doing what he's doing and getting on base and uh be able to run and steal bases and really just put pressure on on the defense and I think when you're out there you're making contact uh you know those singles that you're you're able to be put into situations when you're you're two strike you can you have that defensive stri- swing to knock something into you know through the hole or back up through the middle and become a run. So I think again those two together have made a great pairing. In the fact that um, you know with the with an increase in stolen bases, but also with the potential to go first to third to create to create havoc on the base pass. But Stevenson coming up clutch with these two strike two strike two out hits those are those are really exciting um those are really exciting characteristics at the top at the top of the lineup and it's you know it's not just those two but um you know India swing the bat really well but down the lineup there have been some huge there have been some huge hits uh you know huge hits and huge homers um, that have set up some of these late inning uh late inning comebacks and uh and, and just being able to stay in the game so you know like i said you know when it's coming down to just staying in these the guy, they continue to swing the bat, which is great. They're not getting blown out by the game. The the game that they lost in Atlanta was like I don't know, it was like eight six or whatever. But they're putting runs on the board uh, early through these in through the innings. They had the two run uh, first inning off of uh, off of Spencer Strider. Like they're coming out, they're coming out of the gate swinging the bats. Late into the game, they're just continuing to battle throughout throughout the game, and and that's what you can add most. And they have the pieces to do it too. It doesn't have to be the long ball. But they're slowly just finding a way to get on base. They're patient at the plate. They're taking their walks. They're running the base as well. Um, so again, great characteristics across the board. It's just you know when it comes down to these teams, it's like the mistakes have to capitalize off these mistakes against these uh, against these bigger clubs like they experienced in Atlanta and Philly. Because we said that early against Pittsburgh, you're just not going to have against those teams. You're not going to have the you're not going to have that that room for error um, for some of these. For some of these mistakes from these walks and giving up these extra base runners, because they're simply these teams are too good when you get to the Acunas, the Austin Rileys, you know, the, the bones, the, and, you know, we're not even talking about, you know, Bryce being back. Uh, when you have, you know, Cassiano's, these guys are going to make you pay. So I think that has been the difference, uh, over the last week. Uh, ult- ultimately, that has been the difference between going, uh, you know, the, the five dropping five of six to at least splitting a really tough road trip and coming out of their three and three.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it's, those teams are are who they are and where they are for a reason. You're absolutely right. Like they're going to capitalize on mistakes, you know, at at that level, every, you know, things of that nature are going to be magnified. That's the way that it is. And, you know, they don't, they're not, they're not going to be in the running for their division on accident. Obviously you mentioned a couple of their, the high end arms on the mound. And then, but from a position player standpoint, yeah, those those te- those teams are, are really really good right now. So it's you know, and on the flip side, I think it's good for for the Reds to to get to see it up close, you know, and 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 see what it, what that looks like and understand, you know, you know how, how significant relatively small mistakes can can actually end up being. It, it's it's a game of inches, right, so to speak, and it's um, ho- hopefully learning experience. But at the end of the day, like they're in the games, man, they're in the games. They're close. Um, hopefully, they can kind of taste it, and they just need need um need a little help getting over the hump
0: yeah 100%, uh absolutely and one of those that sticks out to me is Acuna had a ball up the middle bases loaded and it just come off it came off a walk a, a a hit a hit by pitch uh where I think it was Arcia poor guy got smoked in the wrist with like 98 and that was a base runner then backhand error uh you know base runners you know you have them kind of cornered and then you know jam shot great piece of hitting by Acuna mm-hmm. Uh, Ball up the middle, boom, that's two runs. While they might not have thrown out Acuna, the difference is that ball getting up the middle, which I thought personally thought it was a late jump with that ball up the middle, but that's the difference between keeping that ball within the infield, giving up one, as opposed to clearing. And it coming becoming a completely different ballgame. So, you know, keep yeah. your eyes out, you know, keep we'll keep keep our eyes out for that and for everybody at home. It's something to look at as we make our way through is uh you know, it's just is paying attention to the, these mistakes and and how to and how we capitalize off these mistakes that the, that these good teams give us, and as opposed to like the team, the the outs that we seem to give up uh, you know to some of these bigger clubs. And I think that's gonna be the difference all year. And then moving on to a team that's not having any problems with anybody is the everybody's favorite professional sports franchise, <laughs> the Tampa Bay Rays. They're swimming in the tank. They're having fun. I see, You can see the smiles on those Rays out there. They got the big grin when they come to the glass. They're, uh, there's a lot to smile about on, 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 with that, with that oh, club yeah. right now. Not necessarily when you go to the games because you've been there – I've been there. It's uh, it's it's a rough place to go to. Even when they're doing well, you're probably going to come in there and they're and it's going to be cricket some days. Yeah. But twelve and no. zero, but twelve and zero, you know,
1: twelve and zero don't lie, buddy. No, it's that's hard to do, man. I don't I don't care where you're at. Winning twelve big league games in a row is obviously a big deal. They're still going. You know, they're they're it's more of the same. I mean, they're they're second in the league in offense, but they're they're swinging the bat. They, historically, they've always been good on the bump. You know, that's the case again, but. I don't care what's the, if you're winning 12 games in a row, you've got a, you're obviously playing very well, but there's, there's some good fortune on their side too, but they're getting all the breaks, but, but give them credit, man, because they're, they're, they're rolling right now. And, and to your point about, you know, going into St. Pete to play at, at that, at, at, at that park, it's, it's, man, it's, it's, it leaves a little to be desired. It leaves a little to be desired. It's um, it, it's a, it's a tough place to go in. And there's usually not, not a super electric environment in there during the regular season. <laughs> but you can admit it's i i i was
0: on the i was on the charity strike the other day i was i was here in the studio and i i went on in the show there talked about like what, what are the best places where would you want to hit a, a walk-off home run and i started thinking of these these places and you know obvious question i take like a time capsule back to like 1999 old yankee stadium uh you played the, you played the new one it's okay but it doesn't have the same energy as the old one i said pittsburgh um, like a Friday night sold out with that, with that background, but look at Tampa, even, you know, being there in a playoff atmosphere in 2000, 2011, it's just, it's uh, it just, it never feels the same way. And it's one of those, it's one of those organizations that collects like, low key is, is has a little special place in my heart, just because I think that they do, they, they put together teams the right way. And we've had this argument, before and like, you know, with the parody of putting in money, money towards wins and how that in that, how that the, the, that type of strategy puts together, puts together a winning team. And Tampa continues to do it year in and year out with little to no payroll. Yeah. And for them and, you know, you've been there, you you've seen the pitchers that they have all throughout the minor league system. I mean, starting in a ball. The players that they developed, they're number one, number two in in ERA across the board throughout all minor leagues, and the guys that they that we faced in AAA our last year were just, I mean, it's just one after another. Yeah. And I think they don't get enough credit uh, because they, you know, because they play in they play in that ballpark, and just because I don't think that they have enough, they just don't have enough on the financial end to get over that hump to go out and get a big free agent. But I think hopefully this will start to continue to put them under the microscope as far as like how talented and how how talented and how how great of a uh of a scouting and an operate from an operation standpoint that that organization is
1: no they got some they got a secret sauce over there bud because they've been doing it for a long time it's um it is not on accident that's for sure and at the end of the day they they nail it on the draft i mean they do a really good job they there's there's obviously a, a a lot that goes into their their development side with regards to even, even current big leaguers who may or may be at a little bit of a turning point in their career that they bring in and, and highlight what they can do well. And they, they, they utilize that, that, that trait, whether that's offensively, or, but in particular on the mound is where they've, they've kind of made their, their, their presence felt. But I think within the industry, I mean, cause you're exactly right. They don't get enough credit relative to maybe the, from a marketing standpoint and whatnot, but within the industry, they're not stinking up on anybody. I mean, they, they, they're, they're in the American league East, which we all know is a, a gauntlet, right. And they've been doing a really good job for, for, for a pretty long period of time. I'm a big fan of Kevin cash. I think he's from a demeanor standpoint, does, does a really good job, you know, of, of making sure everybody's, you know, pulling in the same direction. But anyway, like I said, give them credit, man. They they're, they haven't won. They haven't lost a game yet this year. They're uh they, they're, they're turning and burning right now. So. Well, it'll, it'll be fun to watch them.
0: Yeah. Any team, any team who's dropping 12 in a row at any point in the season is, uh, an extraordinary feat, but to do that starting off the season and being essentially one, one away from, from the record, uh, is pretty extraordinary. Are there any other teams that are, have, have surprised you throughout the league?
1: Um, you know, I, again, I'm, I'm, I live in Houston, right? So the, the Astros are off to a relatively slow start, um, for a team that was had, has some expectation obviously built in. It's early. I don't think anybody's going crazy. Altuve's out of the lineup, but um you know may, may, maybe the Astros is as 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 one of them, but other than that man I you know I, the it's kind of it, it's just it's just early. It's fun to see the teams that are getting their feet on the ground um get, getting everybody healthy hopefully and and uh and seeing how the the early, you know, call it quarter of the season unfolds.
0: So Paul, I'm going to take the same question that they, that I was asked
1: on the, on the charity stripe. What is your, what is your dream walk-off scenario? Oh man, it's tough. I'll, I'll tell you my, um, my personal best walk-off was actually the day that I got called up to the big leagues. Um, I, um, this is my, I'm, I'm bringing this up because this is about as good as it gets to your, to your, to answer your question. I get called up. I was playing good in triple a Jeff Kepinger um, fouls a ball off his knee and Fractures his kneecap. I get called up the next night. Um, did not start the game. Came in the game late. We're winning six to nothing, I believe. Um, we blow the save. They tie the game. We're playing the Marlins. Um, fast forward to the 10th inning. I'm, I'm now getting my second at bat of the evening um, in a game that was supposed to be over. And we have, <laughs> you'll appreciate this. Johnny Cueto goes in to pinch run at second base. The fastest okay.
0: base fa- fastest base runner we had.
1: That's right. And... <laughs> It uh in the in the bottom of the tenth inning I shoot a ball down the right foot line Quaid the, the scores we win the game walk off everybody goes crazy in the in the in the celebration um, Ryan Friel comes up and is jumping all over me knees me in the nose blood gushing <laughs> for the entire post game interview it was uh something it, it was a pretty good story so that's that's my personal best walk off story but if you're asking me best case scenario it, it's hard to not say I'm going to go back to like a Joe Carter hitting the walk off home in the world series, right? Like that, something of that nature on that kind of stage it, it's hard to even fathom the emotion wrapped up in something like that, but I would have to go, dude, it's the world series. It, it's, it doesn't have to be game seven, but it's a walk off to, to, to clinch or the, the world series title. I mean, how, you can't make it up, dude. How how could it get better than that?
0: Right. And then stadium, Oh, stadium. What's, what's the ideal stadium to go along with that? That's the, tu- that's the tough one. That's the, that's the one that hung, that hung me up. So it's that's like, tough. it's so like, it's, 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 it's the feet. One thing is the feet. Everybody wants to do a game, a world series walk-off, but where is it? That's, that's the ticket.
1: Here's what I'll say. It's, it's, if you're a home player playing for one of these, like a, I'm going to, I'm going to throw out a couple, cause I think there's a couple places that could accomplish this, but it's going to be like your Chicago Cubs. Yep. It's going to be your Boston Red Sox. It's going to be maybe your New York Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Those types of places, if you're their home player and you walk off that type of environment, dude, you would never buy food again. in that town. Okay, Like dude, so this is exactly that, what I said. Yeah. Keep going. I mean, it's that, that's what I'm going with. I'm going something of that nature. So it's uh, it's th- that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So I was, yeah. So while I was filtering through the the options in my head, I dropped the I dropped the Yankee Stadium. Um, you know, I th- Camden. I, I did I did Camden, and then I, I think about that Friday night. Like that was that was amazing. That place was rocking. Amazing ballpark. But then I I, I was just like, if I was David Fries back in the day, and I did that walk of like knowing St. Yeah. Louis fans. You know how St. Louis fans yeah. they're the best. Yeah. Like it's the only. St. Louis Cardinals fans are the only people if you're on the on deck circle, we're probably going to compliment you on your your previous at bat. If you go 12, 13 pitch AB and you end up striking out, they're going to give you an ovation. And if you're back on the on deck circle and you hit a ball hard like they just know the game. And they're just they're great they're great fans. So when I think about David Freeze and thinking about walk off home runs, I was like, I probably want to be a a Cardinal hitting a walk off home run because I know that some guy who owns some steak restaurant, he's it's been in his family for like 19 generations, is going to come and give me like some gold plate and say, Hey, you come to my restaurant, you never pay for a thing again. That's how I see the kind playing out in in St. Louis, like you said. You just there's going to be a couple places where you're never going to have to pay pay for food again.
1: Yeah, no, that's the truth. Hey, don't sleep on our our, our former teammate Jay Bruce had a walk off to clinch the division in Cincinnati. I yeah. do remember that. I was in.
0: Uh, that was 2012. 10, 2000, 12. 2010, you, 12. You, you but are old. I, I know. I, I I I am old. There's <laughs> there's no doubt about. It. There's no disguising it anymore. This is like a gray hairs all over, as you can see in the camera. Um, but I I witnessed that. Uh, I was you know as a as a former teammate of Jay's we were watching that in locker room. We had just finished up a game uh, in New York and we were, we were eating our, our uh, we were eating our post game meal. And I saw that happen live. And I remember how, how excited I was for, for Jay. And I believe it was yeah. against Atlanta, right. To, to clinch, to clinch the division. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. And he, pro- I, I bet he still eats, eats free at Montgomery and Jeff Ruby's. He probably should. <laughs> yeah. 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 But... yeah. You're totally right. Anyway, that's uh, that's that's good talk though. Good talk. I think that's um, overall. That's kind of a brief update. I uh, uh, hopefully the, the the Reds can kind of flip it, get get it going back the other way as uh as the next couple series unfold.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But um, more importantly, just to finish that, we're over time. But you know they can edit this out. But but knowing you, how are you okay? Are you feeling? How's your post Masters post martem oh, going? How are you? Are Man you okay and to everybody out there how is everybody doing it's thursday we had originally okay. come planned to be on here on tuesday so it'd be a little bit fresher on you know that that void in our lives of, of not having the masters anymore but how are you feeling right now
1: so i'm good here's what i'll say i've still never been to the masters i've always up to this point in my life have been occupied just that during the time that the masters is, is taking place um i'm gonna go as far as to say i think that's one of the coolest sporting events across all sports i think it's so cool the tradition the whole deal obviously you and i share uh, an affinity for golf um big fan of the sport i um i just think it's it's you know congratulations to john Rahm, number one obviously one one this week first time winner um I, phil mickelson played good um as a i think he's 52 is the best finish for for somebody over 50 or something like that but um it's just a cool event, man. Uh, you know, relative to that to that world, I I, th- I think it's kind of the Super Bowl, so to speak, for a lot of guys growing up. If you play that sport, uh, I would really like to go one day, and maybe we can go together, Dicky, and uh, experience the Masters. Have you ever been there?
0: I haven't, and I was thinking about th- I was thinking that the other day because we were chit chatting, we were going back and forth throughout the tournament, and it was that weird thing where I, I thought we had fast forwarded like a complete day, like I had missed around because I checked in with you on I believe it was Friday. And Kepka was already at 12 and yeah. I mean we went yeah. back and forth and we we're just kind of updating. I was just like, that would be great. Um, we've played a numb, we've played a lot of golf together. And I, I think that would be, that would be cool. I think that's definitely something that's on our, that's on true. our bucket list. I think we both understand the, the, the pageantry that goes behind it. Just not just for, for current players, but for the young player, the young amateur that was out there, like in- incredible performance, like, you know, under, in- under that spotlight. But bringing back all the old champions, seeing like guys like Larry Mize, Freddie couples, the oldest man to to make the cut. And uh, his, his swing is very similar to yours as far as the, the tempo and the ease in which you, you uh, swing the golf club. But um, you know, it was great and poor tiger hats off to him again, you know, but with the, with the delays and the wind, I mean, they're super tough conditions, but anytime you got a bad back, you know how that is. It's like getting a rain delay for a couple hours and having to go back out there, it's just—it's not something you come back from. And then, especially having to go out on a Sunday and play 30 holes in a day, it's no shot.
1: Yeah, look, man, I, I'm a Tiger fan. You—you you can't even quantify what he's done for that sport. But at the end of the day, you said it. Like he's had the injuries of late, and the—you know—it's just a very difficult sport to 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 be able to continue to practice and to be at the top of your game when you have the back issues he obviously has the leg that is surg- was surgically repaired that he is just kind of coming back from but um it is really good for the game of golf like I'm glad that he made the cut right because it's great for the for the game of golf for him to be there at least I think and shout out to Freddie Couples he's actually the that's actually the swing that I show my my kids I'm hoping that I can get a kid to uh to to swing like Freddie Couples
0: and Paul, one thing about one thing about golf and the Masters, and you know, being being on the, on this podcast and playing in professional baseball for so long, it's not even about so much about the tournament. I want I want more people to understand this, for just from like a day to day experience, You know, being a, a major league player and just a professional athlete in general, it's not so much about the tournament because not everybody in the clubhouse cares about golf or plays about golf. But there is something. Mm-hmm that's so inviting and like so exciting it's just like spring you're coming into like a new season but you also know right around the corner is the masters and you'll be in the clubhouse and it's it's yeah. it, it's it's unavoidable you have that right. one commercial that the masters is coming and everybody is just fired up And just to know for the big golf guys that know it's coming, but it is something about that in the clubhouse. Just everybody being able to just share and enjoy, like take bets, you know, there's, you know, there there's bets being done, but having that come on every day. And it's something about that every day. When you get to the ballpark and guys are sitting around who never watch golf, they understand the, 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 the gravity of that tournament. It is a bonding experience within baseball. Like at the beginning of the season, That is something where there's young guys or old guys, coaches alike. Everybody has that first couple weeks of bonding, that four days where everybody bonds together and be like, hey, how are these players doing? But it's everywhere in the clubhouse. And I think that is one of those moments that I miss the most about professional baseball.
1: Yeah, so here's what I'll say. First of all, the Azaleas are are, are probably part of that. But I think it has to do with the dynamic of – so when you're talking about baseball players really enjoying watching it, it, it's because that's like – what I'll, I'm going to use the term playoff golf, right? Like it's like playoff baseball. You see things you don't see, like because of the amount of pressure that is involved, the stage, you know, it's a culmination of an entire season. Well, the masters is an event that I think has a similar quality. Like people, you know, grow up at their country club, hitting putts on the, on the, on the practice green, imagining themselves on 18 at the masters. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of buildup. And I think that's what other, what other professional athletes appreciate about an event like the masters is you get to see things that you don't always see. You get to see these guys that are at the top of their game that, you know, some of them flourish and some of them, you know, go through Amen's corner and hit the ball in the water six times. Right. Like it's, it's, it's just a really unique, it's a really unique thing that I think, you know, other, other athletes appreciate.
0: Right. hundred percent. And it's, uh, and it's, and strange looking back to see how looking at Kepka's performance and thinking, I was just like, Oh my God, he's, and I think you sent, he was like, dude is dialed or he's like, yeah, dude is locked in. I'm a, like extraordinary first two rounds. But mm-hmm. if anybody's watched uh full swing on Netflix, there is a little bit of a story there as far as like his, you know, where he was at mentally and how quick the, the ball, the, the game can get away from you. Grant, there are some, there were some tough conditions, but, you know, we talk about this mental fortitude, and what you can see out there when you know guys start to get frustrated, and you know that that's that's something that's gonna that's going to be an issue going down the line. To you know, it can take that one bad ball in the bunker, or a putt that rolls off the green, or whatever the case is. But I think that that uh, that mental fortitude, especially with Kepka unraveling uh, like he did, uh, it's just it's one of those things that you look that you look for in the match. Just like who's gonna who's not gonna freak out knowing that they got a two-stroke lead going into the into 17 with uh with a couple guys chasing him
1: yeah I will say this quote of the week for me John R- John Rom in the post in the post tournament deal somebody asked him about he four putted the first hole of the week um number one on on Thursday he four-putted. drop and that Ted
0: lasso on me baby drop that Ted lasso, Ted lasso on me lasso,
1: dude that's what I'm talking about it's like a goldfish 10 second memory that's uh, a, that, that's, that's a profound statement, man. I, that could benefit a lot of people. A little 10 second memory action would, can, can do a lot of good.
0: Be a goldfish. If you're not watching Ted Lasso, it's not all about soccer. It's about life. And if it's not about life, it's about golf. Be a goldfish. Um, yes, <laughs> there is uh, there's, there's no show that it, there's no sports show. that is That's parallel to that right now. So yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that is in season one. If you're, if you're looking to reference this particular episode, a young Sam uh, Obanaya uh, from Nigeria, uh, he suggested he uh, shake off his mistakes and be a goldfish. It's a, yes, a, one of the most profound sports advice possible, something that I personally wish I had more in my career. Cause I oof, get up all in my head sometimes. Right. Backstroke. Uh, yeah. Backstroking. Uh, but yeah, that's it for us. Farm to the show a reds podcast we'll be back next week again this is chris Dickerson with my boy paul janish and drop us a comment a like go subscribe to the podcast we'll see you next week paul final last words
1: dicky keep it real see you next week bud